you're listening to the Embrace Simplified podcast, where you will be inspired to unlock simpler, healthier ways to live your life. I'm a corporate ladder climber turned entrepreneur on a mission to help busy women feel their best. I'm bringing you real conversation with all my favorites, and we're talking wellness, relationships, money, business, career, and even parenting. I want you to laugh and cry, learn and grow right alongside me. I'm your host, Kirsty. Let's keep it real. Pour your coffee and turn it up. Together, we are going to simplify our life. Welcome back to the Embrace Simplified podcast. I'm your host, Kirsty, and today we are going to have a really great conversation with Tanya from the Warrior Life Creative. Tanya is also one of my editors that I'm working with on my newest book and my book last year. And she is your ultimate like word magician. She has just magical powers when it comes to fine tuning and polishing and asking great questions for, you know, your business, your marketing and your writing. She is a serial entrepreneur. She's a multi-passionate creative strategist, a best-selling author. She has a beautiful podcast of her own. And oh my gosh, there's so many things that she does, but her holistic full-scale creative agency really specializes in helping mission-driven entrepreneurs and brands. And I'm so excited for the things that she's creating in 2022. So I brought her on the podcast so she can share with everybody. If anybody listening has had that Maybe one day I'll write a book or maybe I could be an author whisper. Then Tanya is definitely somebody to start following and connecting with and her masterminds and coaching are beautiful offerings that you guys might be interested in. You know, in this conversation, there were some really vulnerable shares that Tanya brought with her in this conversation. And at moments I was really thrown into my own, into my own healing, guys. That's the best way to describe it. I was maybe not expected for some of her vulnerability. And in some ways I was triggered thinking about how I have supported people in the past in their mental health. And just there were moments where I lost my, my thoughts and my breath and I needed to be grounded And I'm not sure whether, you know, after edits and things like that, it's going to be really apparent to you. But we do talk about suicide in this episode. And I wanted to make sure that I called it out in case somebody is struggling right now. And this is just not something that's going to be helpful for you to listen to. I think the Tanya story is one that is so brave and so real. And I do think that, you know, different parts of her story are going to resonate with so many, so many people. Being a mom and an entrepreneur is hard and you don't always find support from the people that you believe will support you. And stories like Tanya's are so important. They're really important that we just talk about them more so that people understand what people are going through and that not everything is this beautiful filtered, you know, highlight reel. So I want to remind everybody, whether it is you whether it's a friend or a family member, there is a lot of resources and hotlines for people that are suffering with suicidal thoughts. And I hope that you guys will reach out. I did put a link into the show notes along with 
every place online where you can find Tanya. And just a huge thank you to her for her vulnerability and for being so authentic with us in this conversation. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. It's a juicy one. Welcome, Tanya, to the Embrace Simplified podcast. (laughs) Yay. I'm so happy to be here. Finally. (laughs) Yes, she's been very patient with me. I so appreciate you being here. Tanya is my editor. I'm going to call you that. It sounds really glamorous to call you that, but we've now worked on two books together. And so it's I can call you that officially now. But you, you need to tell everybody who has not met you yet or followed you online, what you do and who you help. Give us the Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Well, basic cliff notes. I am the founder of Warrior Life Creative. It's a holistic creative agency where we not only help you create your content, but we really help you embody who you are, your brand. Business is human. And we bring the human back into social media, back into your business, really. And it's also spiritual. So it's a spiritual journey. And we take all those pieces and we help you express yourself through brand photography, podcast content management, the whole nine yards. (laughs) So yeah, you want to create more of that, follow me on Instagram. Like I don't want to take up time on you're doing that. But you know, I help in a nutshell, I help humans share their story and amplify their message and impact and expression that's unique to them. It doesn't matter what the medium is. It could be a book. It could be a podcast. It could be photography. It doesn't matter. So I love that. Yes. Through all the different mediums. And you also have been on this huge journey of your own personal growth and becoming more visible and, you know, bringing in some like badass boundaries and all kinds of things. So what I love is that you share that really authentically online. And people that are in that same journey can, it's almost like, you know, you're, you're a few steps ahead. You've got like the, the lantern and you're showing the way, but you're so real to say that you don't have it all figured out. You're growing and learning too. Well, tell us about that journey. Like what's been, what's, what's the last couple years been like for you? And oh God. Oh gosh. Let's see. I started this business 20, whoa, 2016. I started. In February, I put out a blog called Fleeting Moments by Jane. It was a photography studio meets blogging because I love writing. I've always had a blog. I had a blog when Blogspot was still a thing. I'm dating myself here age-wise, but, uh, <laughs> you know, MSN blogs, Tumblr, I had those. I grew those just not for anyone's pleasure. It was just an outlet for me to express myself. But then that ended up gaining traction. So that grew. And then I quit it, obviously. Real life got in the way or mm-hmm. I let it get in the way, right? But I always stuck to writing and photography as my outlets, no matter where I worked. I think collectively spent about five years in total just working different corporate stints, different corporate hedge funds, didn't go to school for it, somehow worked in it for almost two to three years, marketing, payment technology, the big bank, done different stints. But through it all, writing and photography was a constant for me. You know, I felt that whisper in 2015. I'd just gotten married in November. And then in December, we had time off because we were supposed to travel to India to see family, but that didn't end up happening. And so I instead just took my time off here. Unbeknownst to me, I was pregnant at the time. So I spent the three weeks sleeping, which I think I, I chalked it up to burnout and exhaustion. I didn't know that I was pregnant at the time, but it was during that time I was like, whoa, I need rest. Mm. Okay. There has to be something more than this, right? Like, is this it? Like, okay, we got married. We had the big wedding. No. <laughs> Do we just go to work? 
Monday through to Friday? And do we just come home and vegetate for the rest of the weekend and then try to cram every social obligation and societal obligation into the 36 hours, really, of a weekend that we really have? Like, is that it? Like, is this it? Like, my brain couldn't comprehend that. Wow. Did it all hit Um, you around the same time as you got married? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always known that I wanted to have a business since I was four. I just didn't know how or when. I had no clue when it would all come to fruition. So I had my first branding shoot that I did, I think, in 2017 for a friend and her spa. And I was like, whoa, I really love the story behind the business. And I really love like the whole aspect of like, how how does a business work? Like all these other, like, who Mm. is the entrepreneur? Who is she or he or you know, who are these people? And that's when I, that was my first foray into branding, personal branding photography. But this was the same time that my then publisher asked me to be an editor with her because she was like, hey, like I'm looking for editors. And I'm like, well, I'm at home. I'm at like, I went to school for English and creative writing. I can help you. And so that, I just kind of fell. And I always say it's like Alice tumbled down a rabbit hole. One thing after the other, like the moment I made that decision in my mind, I'm going to start my blog again. I'm going to put out a photography package. Then I signed up for Armand. Like, I was just like, I want freedom. You know, when you have like the climax of the rising action, my climax was not, hey, surprise, she wins it. The climax was I walked away from a secure corporate Mm -hmm. job, a job that I was burning out in, a job that, quite frankly, I I didn't know that I was suicidal at that point. This is 2018, just to give people perspective. I had, while I was working as a sole proprietor, initially in 2017 and a better part of you know 2017 my mat leave ended i think around jan 2018 and then i was like hey i love this i'm going to do this on a project basis but i'm going to i'm going back to corporate because i need the income and blah 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 so i was working with the bank for about 10 months like i took up a pay cut like i took a job closer to home paid less but you know it's close to home I don't know what possessed me to do the overnights. I thought, hey, I'll work on my business during the day and then I'll go to work from 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. in the night. Oh, my gosh. Because we also had our little guy, right? So I'm like, and then we can save on daycare. No, no, hold not put hold him up, into daycare up, hold as hold often. Yep. Okay. You're just like, like, just totally casually saying that you are a new mom with a young kid who took a job where you were working 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. And you made that sound like it was common, but we know that's not common. Like we all do things that we need to do for our family. That's pretty major. That's, and you're feeling like you're, everyone's like, okay, now we're seeing like total burnout. Oh, my hormones were like even more out of whack. And I didn't realize it because I think I was so desperate to just be around human contact and like it was good. It was a good place to be at. My team, my managers, like they had some of my books as part of book club. Like they were very supportive of like book signings. They would, you know, that was the job that I first started introducing myself as. Hi, I'm an entrepreneur and I work a nine to five and I have a baby and, and, and versus hi, I'm a mom and a wife and I do this. I was like, hi, I'm an author. I'm an entrepreneur. I work this job and I have a family. That's huge. That's really hard to do for a lot of people. Even just saying I'm an author, let alone telling people at your workplace that you're also an entrepreneur. That's also hard. Yeah. And I think, you know, the fact that they made me feel safe that I could do that was a big part of it, right? Yeah. Safety. And we'll get to that whenever. That's that's interesting because you're saying like the environment itself and the people were actually exactly what you needed. 
but you were like all of us, you're like switching hats throughout the day, but yours also included night work. And how long did you maintain that where you were like full-time mom entrepreneur all day? And then most of the evening, I'm not even sure when you slept, but like most of the evening working a full-time job, like how long did you maintain that? 10 months. And then what led to the change again 10 months later? I could feel that heaviness. It feels like a heaviness sitting on oh, you. Yes. Like that's how it feels. <laughs> and yet, you know, putting her hand onto her chest and like pushing. And I am sitting here being like, don't be triggered, Kirsty, because I know exactly what that brick on your chest feels like. So I could feel it settling in on me slowly and slowly until I found myself, you know, like I'm like, yeah, like, of course, I, I'm so grateful. Like I'm whole and healthy. Like I have a, you know, yes, my child had a very, very challenging first year. I had a very challenging pregnancy. But, you know, the good thing is that he's cognitively healthy. He's just like another kid, like all of these things, right? We have a family, like we're we're good, right? I kept trying to find the gratitude for everything because how dare I complain that this isn't good, isn't good enough? How dare I complain that I'm so in my life, in my relationship? It's like, it just everything, right? And I didn't understand at the time that this was postpartum depression. Because it hit so much later for you. It hit so much later. You know, yeah. I didn't, when you're in that fog, and I always tell people when you're in that storm, you don't see it for what it is. I didn't recognize myself on the outside. Like if you go on my Facebook, like, and you look at 2017, 2018, you'll see me like dolled up, like getting ready, doing Facebook live videos for women with PCOS. Cause I thought that that's what I'm supposed to help women with. Cause I struggle with PCOS and I've been moving through my own way. So I thought that that's how I'm supposed to help people. Right. And I was doing all these things and I would do trainings on my break and I would like do all this stuff, but I still felt so empty. I have no other way to describe it. I just felt empty. My colleagues were amazing. Sometimes I would just hang late at work and be like, I don't even want to go home. Like I would just hang back. And then when I did get home, sometimes I'd find myself in our kitchen. Everything's off. Lights are off. Everyone's asleep. But I would just find myself crying. And I didn't understand why I was crying. And I didn't get it. I was like, I don't, you know, I'm well, doing you've my best. Shame, guilt. You're like, why am I not happy? You're confused by the like conflicting emotions. There's probably also some like unresolved trauma from a really difficult pregnancy. And, you know, with the issues. I didn't know all of that at the time. And on top of that, I was like, I don't get it. I'm working my ass and I'm bringing home the money that I think is supposed to solve Mm -hmm. all our problems. But instead, I feel like I'm just digging myself into a hole. Yeah. The month leading up to before I quit, I had strep throat. Mm-hmm. Never had a case of strep throat. <laughs> I had strep throat. It was like my body's way of telling me, like, you're not going back into that place. They're great people, but you're not, you can't, you need your voice to do your job. And that was the irony. Like, you can't mm-hmm. physically be there to work. And at that point in time, I was like, I need to get out. I was also very, I was suicidal. I know I talk about that. On Instagram and I've shared it. So that year before the strep throat happened, close family member of mine passed away. She was my best friend's mom, but like she was like a second mom to me. I took that very hard. Like, I don't know what it was. I was already in depression. I just sank further into it with her death. Like I didn't get to say goodbye. So I think that's why I took it really hard. Like she died of stage four ovarian cancer. So we were just, you know, like everyone was trying to maintain their distance because you don't want to affect any recovery or whatever. Mm-hmm. And give the family their space. But I just, I took that very hard for some 
reason, many reasons. And then a week after that, I was writing goodbye letters to people in the bathroom. I was writing goodbye letters. My son was two years old. He just turned two. I was in one of my other, I'm still working at this time. I'd gone into work, taken a couple of days off, but gone back in and out. And I was like, I can't. That urge, that whisper to like, I can't do this anymore. Like the moment my brain thinks there's possibility for me outside, hmm. it's like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Like I can't be in a place again. And so I was just so tired. I was, I was feeling very, very exhausted, suffocating mentally, or emotionally like suffocating or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much more just to protect privacy of people yeah. and things in my life. There was a lot more to it than I can say on here. But long story short, it got to a point where I was like, well, if y'all aren't happy with me as I am, and if you're asking me not to be who I am, mm. then why am I here? Like, what is the point? Right. If you are asking me not to vocalize what it is that I need or to live a life that feels good, because it really was that I'm not being authentic and I'm not being authentic. And it kept coming up over and over again through the year. Mm-hmm. But it manifested in depression and manifested in my hormone balances, like mm-hmm. the whole every nine yards. And then, you know, feeling suicidal was my last bit of it. I had goodbye letters written. I had the exacto knife there. And the only oh. thing that brought me out of that trance, the only thing that brought me out of that trance was my child's screams on the other side. It's like, Mama, are you sad? He had to spend the time. So my mama, are you sad? He was too he's too, but he knows so mommy is sad. Yeah. Cause I would tell him when I was when he was a baby, I'd like, it's okay, it's not you, mommy's sad. It's okay. Mommy's sad. Like he's my son's very intuitive and empathic from like a very young age. I always feel like he protected me and I protect him and like it's just we get each other. That said, I also want to pull my hair with our kids have one kid that's like very very empathetic and it's almost like it's almost scary at times what they'll say is so profound that you're like it just shakes you (laughs) yeah yeah oh my god you know there's so much there and it was one of those days like it wasn't a major thing but it just pushed me over the edge and I was like I can't do this I'm like I can't do this anymore I'm like I'm done and then the moment I broke out of that trance I realized I don't hate my life. Mm-hmm. I actually hate how my life feels. And then a week later, so September 14th, and I'll never forget that day because Sarah Swain, who you probably know as well, had mm-hmm. her first Life Intentionally Summit. My friend Cassie Jeans gifted me a ticket to that summit. She was like, hey, I have an extra ticket left here. I don't know what it was. I just come off of this. No one knew about yes. my attempts or anything. I was like, Cass, I'm like, I don't know why, but I could really use this. Like, I'll drive there back and forth. I'm working at the bank, but I'll make it work. Like, I'll come back, blah, blah, blah. That summit changed my life. Really? It changed my life. Because it's one sentence that I will forever hold. And it was Sarah saying, your entire life can change in one year if you let it. And so for me, I have my life before I tried to commit suicide. And I have Mm -hmm. my life after I realized I don't hate my life. I hate how it feels. I hate some of the people in it. Not the people, but the behaviors. But none of that, I am the commonality. So none of that shifts unless I choose to shift. And so began my, I need to quit corporate. Okay, like, what am I going to do? Ask them to go part-time. You know, things take twice as long in corporate for some reason. God knows why. I was like, okay, I'm not waiting for like the next quarter to go part-time. I need to leave like now. 
<laughs> I didn't want to go on short-term disability. Maybe in hindsight, I should have. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe my family and my marriage would have been all the more better for it, right? But no, this is me, Sagittarius. Let's fly off the cliff and let's learn to fly. So I did. I left that job. I worked full-time for three months with my then-publisher, but I just felt like the noose kept tightening around my neck. Mm. And I was like, this doesn't feel like freedom. I didn't sign up for this. I feel like I was I was working way more. This is something I, that, this is something that I don't think a lot of people actually share, but it's very common for people that leave corporate and go into entrepreneurship. There's like somebody or a couple of people, like a handful of people that are like, Ooh, I know that she could do this. And and we're scared because we're jumping. Like you said, we're like leaping. So we're like grabbing on to what we can grab onto while we're leaping. And we're like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Sure. Yeah, I can do that. And then we end up feeling that same feeling of not having the freedom that we were looking for. That's really yeah. interesting that you were working for someone else. Cause I remember the day that I turned down an opportunity and I constantly think like, maybe I should have said yes to that. I still, all these years later, I'm like, maybe I should have said yes to it, but it just didn't feel right at the time. And yeah, I like at the time, it's what I knew at the time it felt right. And I yes, was like yes. excited for it. I really and truly was. I love what I do. I love books and writing and just helping bring out people's stories. I love that. I just you're think, so good at it. Unfortunately, at that time, and it wasn't just me, there's, you know, a bunch of us, we were in a place where we didn't understand what was happening. Again, for privacy reasons and like, like legal reasons. Like you didn't understand what was happening for the how the company was we were just misaligned we we're just super misaligned no job no contracts nothing no fallback no safety net no security and then i had people in my life rightfully so tell me we told you not to leave the bank job we told oh. you to go x y and z like what are you don't gonna you do love were any of these people business owners like don't you know no. the, the things that people say like do they think that all of these entrepreneurs said, I'm going to start a business and the next month they were successful. Some of them tried for 10 years. Some of them had, you know, like I just heard something the other day about like the top show on Netflix or something. It was turned down for like a ridiculous yeah, amount of it, time. With games or something. Yeah. yeah. But then all these people that aren't entrepreneurs that don't yeah. own businesses who are like, I could never do it have the loudest opinions about how quickly we should be successful. Yeah, this was 2019. So January, I was kind of jobless. I did shifts at Canada Post. I worked overnight at Canada Post because I was a contract seasonal worker, which I'd taken it up before I solidified working as a full-time contractor at the at the previous place. I think it's amazing that you you have always like gone looking for something else. And I think that that's a very like realistic way to look at entrepreneurship. Like there were (laughs) moments this summer where I was like organizing and managing property rentals. And I was, I was the one doing the cleanings of these properties. And a couple of times I was like, this is amazing. Like this is exactly what I need. This is just like, I can just go, I can do it, whatever. I really, your brain's empty and not Taking, you know, like that first shift. So Jan 3rd, rug got pulled out from under my feet. That was my tower moment. Everything that I knew to be true or that I put on a pedestal, quite frankly, fell apart. Like it blew up in my face, right? I was in a smaller end of the facility here in the, in Mississauga, moving packages. You know, people are nice and everyone's talking from different walks of life. And I think it was like at three in the morning. I just started crying. 
I literally, I was moving packages because you're there by yourself. I could listen to music or do whatever, right? Like, but as long as you're getting the work done, I just started crying. <laughs> and, you know, one of the girls on the ship, she, and she's a member of my team now. That's the funny part. So she comes up to me and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. I just, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm like, this is what it feels like for your brain to be empty for a change and not have stress and not have burnout and not have I don't know like where do you think so it went much, in that moment like it was all still there when you got home right? it was it was there but I mean like my brain finally felt like it could breathe so the wow. moment this other opportunity that I thought would be my golden goose as my husband calls me because it was my thing out of corporate right like mm-hmm. it was what I wanted at the time I thought hey I'm gonna grow blah 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 all of those things but it was just misaligned and you know when it, it falls out so when it fell out I was like, okay, I just feel like a massive brain fog just lifted off my head. Mm. And it did. I felt like a fog. Got, I, I felt so clear, but I didn't realize it's because I was living in so much misalignment up until mm-hmm. that tower moment. Yes. Right. And so me crying was probably me just releasing a whole bunch of pent up stuff that I was just holding on to, like stiff shoulders. Right. Don't have, and then we don't, we don't tell ourselves that it, it's like we, we, our body knows that it's not aligned, but we don't let ourselves believe that. We just keep pushing. When you say that, this is really interesting because I have actually not talked to anybody about Reiki yet on the podcast. And I feel like it's probably one of those things that's maybe a bit misunderstood. You either like really get it or you've never had an experience with it. And so it's kind of like this, I don't know, just this sort of unicorns and rainbows thing, maybe for some people, just generalizing, but I wonder. So when you say... I understand if you say it brings things up for you to then like work on or heal. But when you say it like gets toxic people out of your life, how could I like walk somebody through that that hasn't had a Reiki experience? Like, what do you mean? So Reiki is longer or like your boundaries get better or what else? It will do what it needs to do, what it's meant to do. And that looks different for every person. For some people, it's physical healing. For some people, it's emotional healing. Because Reiki and the chakra system in yoga, like it's all the energy centers, right? So when you're doing Reiki, and it's Reiki is literally healing energy from your hands. And when you're placing your hands and you're praying over it, like when I think of prayer, like I pray when I do Reiki for myself or my clients or people, like I I literally, I will just pray. (laughs) And then I do my placements and stuff. But it essentially moves stagnant energy, right? Energy has to flow. When energy is stagnant in our life, this can be represented as toxicity. This can be represented as staying in things longer than you know we need to. This can look like, you know, psychosomatic symptoms in our life, right? So much, so many other ways. So when we do a clearing and a cleansing, it doesn't happen right away. For some people, it happens right away. I message, I message my four girlfriends, some of them, Coraline, Hazelwood, Sabrina, Greer, And then two of my other girlfriends were also entrepreneurs. These ladies kind of like carried me through the last couple of years, right? So I messaged them. I'm like, I feel so defeated. I don't know why this keeps happening to me. Like, is there something I'm doing wrong? Like, just somebody tell me what I'm doing wrong so I know how to fix it. Blah, blah, blah. And all four of them are like, you're not defeated. You're just getting started. Like, this is your sign to just go all in. Like, I don't know how much more obvious than that it can get, but they're like, since the time you started a business, nothing else has worked out. And I was like, huh? Okay. So then on Monday, I started editing and ghostwriting for the Urban Writers, who 
like was one of the founders, one of my good friends. She was like, hey, okay, just here. It's like 24 hours later. Yep. 24 hours later, I was editing for YGT because Sabrina was like, hey, I'm starting YGT Media. Can't do this without you. I was like, okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Like Monday, I started with the Urban Writers. Somewhere in the middle of that week, I'm texting Sarah Swain, dude, I didn't. had an $1,800 first week. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I know that's more than I ever made in corporate. Like, yeah, you know, mind boggling. But that was where my white knuckle moment started. People would still ask me, have you applied for jobs? People would be sending me job postings, okay? Like my family, friends, who, like every, they meant well. They really, truly did, okay? And then there there was, you know, my girlfriends, like Corlin and Sabrina and Natasha and Ashley, like, please tell us you didn't apply for jobs today. Every day there'd be a text. <laughs> please tell us you didn't apply for jobs today. <laughs> like every day for six months, I had people text me that. Oh my gosh. Hey, did you work on your business today? Please tell us you didn't apply for a job today. It's like, nope, didn't apply for a job. Don't have time to apply for a job. Like, I was still interviewing with Shopify this time, like, which I don't know. I guess they still thought I was in the right because their interview processes are long, which and I wasn't opposed to it either because it's I work from home. Right. Like, and they're very supportive of entrepreneurs. So and you still have a young child at home and you still have a lot of people that aren't sure that you're going to make this work. And so. Wow. And then the pandemic hits. I can't even believe that that was just like the three year lead up to the pandemic. Also, that I work so closely with you and didn't know like half of that. Now, how many books? Okay, I want to like make sure that I get this. How many books have you now written in and been an author in? Eight. I'm working on my own solo publication for next year. So that's a big thing that I'm working on. Books. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And you are definitely now, you have a very diverse set of like services and offerings in your business, but you're 100% full-time in your business. Yep. Haven't looked back. It's been two years, two and something years. I haven't looked back and I'm not going to. There's no way. I feel like once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur. And then on top of that, I feel like entrepreneurs are born, not made. Mm. It's And when I say born, I like, I I don't want to say that literally, but it's, it takes a very particular type of person. I mean, come on, we get into the freaking punching ring and get knocked over and punched day in and day out only to be like, I'm alive. I'm okay. Okay. What's next? Here's what I'm launching next. <laughs> like you got to really be obsessed with what you do in order to do this every day. And this was what one of my good friends, like our, my, mine and my husband's best friend, actually, he's a serial entrepreneur and he's a mentor to me. And he asked me this in December, 2019. Because this was still one of those, you know, everyone around me in my life was like, why can't you just apply for a job? Blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, just do the damn logical thing. You can still do this. This is your side hustle. And I'm like, yeah, it's not my side hustle. That's my main hustle. If I keep calling it a side hustle language, it's always going to be a side hustle. And then he, I remember him asking me, like, are you obsessed with what you do? And I'm like, define obsessed. He's like, meaning, are you going to leave your business or your family? Which one, if you had to pick? And I'm like, I'm not leaving my business. I'm like, I'm not leaving my business. It is the one thing that is completely mine that I have control over and that I can make something out of it from nothing. I'm not giving that up. That is a very intense way of looking at it. But I do see what he means that you need to be obsessed with it. But yeah, well, because it takes a toll, right? He was referencing to the fact that it takes a toll on relationships on, you know, whether they're personal or romantic relationships, it does take a toll. on it. Mm -hmm. It takes a toll, right? And like, there's always a price to be paid. There, There is. People don't talk about this openly, but there is a price to be paid. It doesn't have to be that morose. 
but you do have, you got to put in that work mm-hmm. consistently day in and day out. And oftentimes that work doesn't, isn't the work that's going to get you the accolades and the applauses. And quite frankly, people around you aren't going to see that work unless there's an actual tangible result in front of you. Yeah. It's a really good differentiation for you to say that you're doing the work, but it doesn't necessarily come with the consistency, security or recognition or accolades because a lot of people in corporate jobs and I have been in relationships, you know, or close friends or whatever it is where they give themselves a thousand percent to that job. And so they would say, oh yeah, like jobs, no matter whether you're an entrepreneur or not, can take over your life and, and take a toll on your relationships. But I think you're right. It just isn't, it's different. It's very different. Yeah. If you're unwilling to break the ice, if you're, if you're willing to be uncomfortable, if you're willing to venture out into that unfold, you're going to be okay. You might not know it yet, but you're going to be okay. It's so much trust, right? It takes so much trust and surrender. And oh my gosh, this is all the like juicy stuff that we get into when we're working on books together. Okay. I want to make sure that I thank you properly for this because it's like, there's so much, (laughs) but thank you so much for your time and for sharing with us. I absolutely love how vulnerable and real you are in sharing your story of entrepreneurship because that's what happened and that's common. And there's so many pieces of your story that are like, yeah, they're just, I see them. There's very, very normal, like feelings and emotions and, and tests and things like that, that happen to us as new entrepreneurs. So thank you very much. Thanks for listening to embrace simplified the podcast. I hope you picked up some inspiration today and that you take action to feel your best. Can you guys do me a solid? If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps more people find the podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, shoot them a text right now and share it. I love getting those notes from friends. And I also love seeing where you're listening from. So please keep tagging us online at Embrace Simplified. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch new episodes as they drop. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsty. Remember, you have it in you to simplify your life. <laughs>